I just know one thing, they can't stop me. Uh-huh. Whether I'm on Fifth or LA, it'll swap me. Yeah. It's all good, cause I know the gangsters got me. Uh-huh. First things first, the jaws are broccoli. Uh-huh. I treat the rap game like a large monopoly. One on one, niggas can't guard me properly. Uh-huh. When they double team me, the odds are sloppy. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast, coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me to my left is my right hand man, Lou. I do feel like a, a broken record commenting on the tunes, but tonight, Lou, fire. Or should I say a fire kiss from Jada Moi? You went deep in the archives for this one, and I appreciate you for it. Definitely thought it was appropriate after last week. I'm not sure if you saw uh, versus it was Dipset versus the Locks. Jada Kiss destroyed everyone. He basically killed every everyone out there. Uh, he's a very under uh, under uh, underappreciated rapper, and I feel you know this is this is going to be my favorite list. So I wanted to uh, incorporate one of my favorite rappers. To the younger generation, do yourself a favor and go listen to some of the the albums by The Locks, all of the individual artists uh, alone as well. So, Lou, as training camp continues, QBs sign extensions, and position battles are on the rise, we continue with our top 10 series, and we are almost at the finish line. Mm-hmm. What are we working with this evening? Uh, tonight, we're working with what I feel like is the most important part of a defense, over a cornerback, over safeties, over liner, over linebackers, it's the pass rushers, baby, today. I had to sit on my hands for a second because that's slightly debatable. Lou, let's state some obvious. There are actually a lot of good pass rushers in this league. That being said, when I'm building this list, you got to look at things like consistency, talent, the position that they actually play. But for me, narrowing this list from 25-ish pass rushers that I looked at to the top 10 was actually a difficult task. Yeah, I had 18 ranked players uh, that I felt I could have fit easily into the top 10. Uh, So I looked at a lot of different analytics. Uh, I might get too analytical for some, might turn it off. Others might get a little chubby just hearing me talking about some interesting statistics and analytics. But uh, I had to because, in my opinion, you can't just look at the stat, the stat sheets and like, okay, that guy's more sacks, he's better. Unfortunately, that's not how it works for me. I, I so I dug a little deeper with some of, uh, you know, analyzing these pass rushers, film and uh, and other things as well. I too probably went deeper into statistics and rankings and grades more so than I ever do. You know me, I'm a big just eyeball. This must have killed. This, this must have killed you. But I knew I had to do it yeah. right to be knowledgeable on the subject. Like had to do it. So, like always, I'm going to try to throw you for a loop, something that you can't prepare for. And there's a method to this madness. Can you name for me the last player to lead the league in sacks for consecutive years? J.J. Watt? Nope. You have to go all the way back to 1987 and 1988 Reggie, Reggie White. White. So there's a prime example of how deep I went into my statistic bucket yeah. to even pull out a nugget just like that. But what's the translation? It's a really difficult thing to do in this league. So again, building these lists, it takes a lot of thought. And candidly, to me, stats don't tell the full mm-hmm. story. So there will be some things that I'm sure you're going to say and then I'm going to talk about, whether it's technique yep. or just like 
consistency, but I'm really excited. I have a little another nugget for you that I might save till later if we get to it, just to talk about how how much ebbs and flows there really are in the top pass rushers in the league. But let's dive in as we always do. Ass backwards. Start us off with who's number 10 on your list. All right, leading off is an individual whose name probably isn't popular as your Nick Bosa's or your Chase Young's, but very much deserving of recognition to be considered as a top pass rusher. Coming in at number 10, I have Zadarius Smith, outside linebacker of the Green Bay Packers. Smith started off his career in Baltimore, but was always relegated to situational and complementary duties, which is evident when you realize they only started him 16 times in four years. So he wasn't a full-time starter. That never stopped him, though, uh, from putting up decent numbers. However, it was the last three years where Smith really exploded onto the scene, where he had years of 8.5 sacks, 13.5 sacks, and 12.5 sacks, totaling 34.5 sacks over that time uh, span. In 2019, he led the league with 93 pressures. It appears I'm not the only one recognizing that Smith is going to be a problem for offenses. According to ESPN Stats and Information 2020, Smith was double teamed at a rate of 27.2%, which ranked him second in the league only behind J.J. Watt and was still able to be successful at applying pressure. So now offenses are starting to plan for him because they realize he's a game wrecker. Lastly, it's his versatility that also makes him such a disruptor as a pass rusher. Smith has proven the last couple of years he can kick inside and apply pressure interior. Uh, according to PFF, he posted a 20.2 pass rush win rate on over 100 snaps over the last two years as an interior pass rusher. He can, so he can destroy you from the outside. He can line up and destroy you over the, uh, the guard as well. I love it. Again, I, 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 I'm just so excited to actually of course you see all I, this. My list is perfect, by the way. <laughs> to see all this work come to fruition because I put a lot of time. I know you put a lot of time into developing this. And what I love most about it is I don't think any one of these people, where they're slotted or by name, is going to be predictable on any of our exactly. lists. A lot to like about Zadarius Smith outside of the fact that he's just a big, big man that does make his living on the edge. But not in the the quote unquote TJ Watt nine technique, right? Like yeah. hand in the ground, and like you said, is able to slide inside. So to me, what does that mean? He's got multiple elements of his game. Mm -hmm. If he's got power, he's got speed. I won't he's got athleticism. Yeah, I won't talk. I won't bore everybody when I'm talking about like zero, one, two, two I, three, four I. What all that means from a a, a gap responsibility and a tech uh, a technique standpoint. But the reality is, is when you play in those different gaps, different moves benefit you more, mm -hmm. so you're broadening your skill set. Mm -hmm. Like Zadarius Smith a lot. Okay, who do you have? So number 10 for me, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm causing controversy right out of the gate, 27-year-old defensive tackle slash edge from the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones. All right, I'm loving that. Listen, show that he's right up there on my list. I think he's another guy, Lou, that... Maybe not flaunted as much about moving around the line, but has. And I'll talk a little bit about that. So last year, the stats don't necessarily jump off the, the page at you, right? Like seven and a half sacks, but he did hit the quarterback 28 times. He did cause 44 pressures, most of that from the interior of that defensive line. Stat line from the last three seasons, seven and a half sacks, nine sacks, 15 and a half sacks. That 15 and a half... He was playing. He was basically playing that that four three edge, right? Like that. That was kind of where he lined up, um, hand in the dirt. 
44 pressures, 27 pressures, 49 pressures. For his career, he's got 40 and a half sacks. He's hit the quarterback 100 times. And most importantly, he's forced nine fumbles. So that's going to be a common theme I talk about with a lot of people on mine, is when they get to the quarterback, they're wreaking havoc. Yep. They're not just putting them in the dirt. They might be flipping fields and changing the Those are complexity of the game. Plays, yep. Exactly. He's a two-time pro baller. As I mentioned, just 27. I think the prime of his football career is still um, ahead of him. Just signed a, a, a hefty contract. But another guy who moves up and down the line, multiple skill sets, right? So he can get skinny for a big man playing defensive tackle if he's lining up in Probably that like five technique, um, being able to grip and rip and do other things and swim to get outside the tackle. So he's just got a lot of nice things on his skill set. And you know, you clarified this for me when we were setting the stage for this show that we weren't talking about edge rushers. We pass were talking about rushes. pass rushers. And more is becoming increasingly more important in the NFL and today's NFL to get pressure up the middle than it is outside. Interior pressure is way more catastrophic on the edge. The edge, you can have a back chip, a tight end chip, you can roll out. What are you going to do when they're coming straight at your face? Nothing. You're going to you know, go in the ball and cry. Chris Jones is fantastic. He's quick, you know, when he's close to the ball. It should be interesting this year. I think they're going to move him close, uh, actually, on the edge, though, for the majority of his alignments, they were saying, uh, because of what they have going on with Frank Clark. So I'm interested to see how he's going to be, uh, perform on, under those circumstances. Well, the last time he did it, it was a 15 and a half sack season. Yeah, so. so. So, uh, my number ninth ranked pass rusher on my list has the most sacks among anyone on this list at 106 sacks, the most QB hits at 216 QB hits, and the most tackle for loss at 135, which just goes to show you how complete of a player he really is, whether it's against the run or the pass. Coming at number nine is Von Miller. During his nine-year career, Vaughn has averaged just under 12 sacks per year. That is the definition of consistency. Miller was the, fast, the fourth fastest player to get to 100 sacks in NFL history and currently ranks 26 of all time. I went back and watched some of his, uh, his footage from 2019, 2018, and in my opinion, I think it's his get-offs that separates us from a lot of edge rushers. He has one of the best get-offs in the game, in my opinion. In addition, he also bends and dip through guys like they're not even there. It's very impressive. Now, a lot of blue check marks are quick to say Vaughn had a down year in 2019 with only eight sacks, but his quote-unquote down year is still probably better than your, fa your team's favorite pass rusher, to be honest with you, to have eight sacks and be considered a down year. Only reason why he's down this far on my list is because of age, obviously. He's 32 years old. And injury concerns. He's coming back from severe ankle injury. And due to those factors, this could be the very last year as him being regarded so highly. But I can tell you some AFC West teams are sure hope so. He's starting to decline. Listen, Von Miller's been so fun to watch over the years, and he's had an extraordinary career. And you're a fool if you're trying to counter-argue that he wasn't one of the most dominant pass rushers of his time. Spoiler alert, he's not in my top 10. Okay, I actually could tell you exactly where he is on my list, and he was number 12. Well, I can tell you this. I respect my elders. I don't... Uh, <laughs> so. Are we, I think we're older than Von Miller. 
Yes, we are. So, reverse mm, point. Football kids. years, he's like football. forty. Yeah, exactly. Um, the reason why he's not on my list is everything that you just kind of wrapped up with. Yeah, the injury concerns. If we were making this last list last year, going into twenty twenty, of course he's on my list. He showed no signs of slowing down. But you're talking about hitting his what thirty two, thirty three year old season. This is not the first season with a lingering issue or a major issue, and the body just doesn't recover in the National Football League like it does when you're 25 or 26 years old. So again, I think I've said this every single list. I look at it like, who are my top pass rushers coming in to this season? You can't argue Von Miller's body work. You can't. You can't. I'll slam the door in your face if you try to. But... I, listen, I totally get he's at nine, right? I, I wouldn't even argue with somebody if they had him, you know, six through ten. He's See, just not I on still mind. think he has some juice left in him, left in him, and he's starting to look like a, you know, kind of like a Samuel Jackson Jackson character in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Late, he's like rugged. I think he's, I think he's due for a big year. He's looking crazy. He's going to play crazy. So here's the, the the benefit for him is coming off of this injury as their line, like you know, Bradley Chubb and some other people that in pieces that they're trying to accumulate because eventually they are going to move on from Von Miller. Who's to say he still doesn't get you 10, 11 sacks as yeah. a situational pass rusher, right? Like it's and, still and, and a, a thing. Vic Fangio def- yeah, exactly. uh, defense. And you know how I feel about Vic. Yes. All right. All right. So number nine for me, also an elder statesman by NFL terms, 32-year-old defensive end from the New Orleans Saints, Cameron Jordan. Okay. So... I tend to like lead in with stats on these, and then I kind of give my summarization of mm-hmm. it. So I'll just stay true to theme. 2020, seven and a half sacks, 16 QB hits, one force fumble. Not the prime career, uh, prime season. Last three years, though, seven and a half sacks, 15 and a half sacks, 12 sacks. For his career, he's got 94 and a half sacks. He's hit the quarterback 184 times. He's forced 11 fumbles. He's a six time pro baller, and he's a one time first team all pro. He has literally been one of the more reliable defensive linemen in the NFL in his 10-year career. Can you argue that? No, not at all. Still only 32 in a 10-year career. Oh, how come Von Miller's old at 32, but Cameron Jordan is only 32? <laughs> because it's my list. Gotcha. Okay. Got it? Okay. So that you throw me off. <laughs> so now Jordan, he rarely comes <laughs> off the field, right? And he has earned, so if we go back, six consecutive PFF grades of 82 or higher. Since 2015, 428 total pressures, which is second by the position, only behind Khalil Mack. And overall, amongst defensive players, only trails Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. That's some pretty elite company that you're in. Honestly, to your point, he'd probably be higher on my list, but age, wear and tear, and what that Offense is going to look like this year, I think, does change the the complexion of, for his outcome in 2021. Well, I want to laud you for the fact to even have the wherewithal to have Cameron Jordan in your top 10. He is one of the unsung heroes uh, when it comes to the defensive line. Uh, I'm, I'm very proud that you, you, know, you, you picked someone like him as opposed to someone a little flashier. And spoiler, the flashy guys are coming. Don't I know the spoiler? I have Cameron Jordan at eight. By the way, okay. Uh, while the majority of his pa- of, of the pass rushers on this list, we're going to go over and we're going to say, you know, they tend to win their one on ones with speed and athleticism. That's not 
Cameron Jordan's game. He wins with pure power. And seldom do you have players nowadays that are still winning like that. You're J.J. Watts, you know, but he's breaking down. Yep. But he's winning with his pure power. Hand in the chest, coming off the edge, just and pushing exactly. you. Exactly. Bullying the tackle. He makes it look easy, too. Yeah. Looking at the stat sheet, uh, the one thing that doesn't that pops out to me is not the 94 and a half sacks you just alluded to in his 10-year career, but you know what else really popped out to me? He's only missed one game during those 10 years that he played, and that was during his rookie campaign. Now, say it with me. Availability is... The best ability. Exactly, exactly. I'm not going to get into all the other stats that you, you mentioned before. Uh, there were chef's kiss. Perfect. But I will say Cameron Jordan is the definition of reliability because you know he's going to get you around at least eight sacks a year, but with that ceiling to get you to 13 to 15. And that's why I have him ranked number eight. Love it. All right. So who's your eighth? So number eight's already been mentioned. It's Zadarius Smith. Good for you. Defensive end from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, You mentioned all the stats, so we'll move through it quickly. Um, Just to reiterate, over the last three years, 12 and a half, 13 and a half, Eight and a half for his career, six seasons, you know, 44 and a half sacks, 112 QB hits, eight forced fumbles. What stood out to me is in 2019, and this is still a sub 30 year old, where he just had an 89.7 overall grade, led the entire NFL in pressures with 93. I watched that season because my 49ers faced off against the Green Bay Packers twice that season, once in the NFC Championship, once in the regular season. And even though we stomped that team, Zadarius still showed up and still played and still played an entire football game without quitting. And I just can't shake that. And I respect that. And I just, like you talked about before, I love something about guys who can fill multiple needs across a defensive line. And he's proven capable as that 4-3 hand in the dirt end, um, and certainly line up over the tackle as well, eating up some double teams, getting skinny, and getting pressure up the middle. Yep. yep. He's, uh, you're going to know start knowing his name a little better now. Uh, my number seven. S- yep. No, number seven is Daniil Hunter, two-time pro baller. Uh, Daniil Hunter is the prime example why so many NFL GMs take a chance on athletic freaks coming out to college. Hunter scored a 9.88 out of 10 relative athletic score. It came back. The rat score came back. Is back. So uh, that means he's pretty damn athletic. At six foot five, two hundred fifty, he ran a four five seven forty, and tested extremely well in both explosion and agility drills. He also has thirty four and a quarter inch arms, giving him a massive wingspan to really drive back to, uh, offensive tackles. So why did he fall all the way to the third round? You may ask. He only had four and a half sacks in his career at LSU. But getting to the quarterback has been anything but difficult for Daniil since becoming a pro. He had double-digit sacks in three of his five years since he's been in the league. And what's even more impressive, Hunter has 54 and a half sacks and only started one game during the first two years in the league. The guy wasn't even a full-time start until year three, and he's still putting up these types of numbers. Daniil Hunter has done a tremendous job using his speed, his length and athleticism wreak havoc among, among opposing quarterbacks. But perhaps the scariest thing about him, he's only 26 years old. That's crazy. That's crazy. And he's been in the league, you know, five years already, putting up crazy numbers. Lot to like about Daniil as well. Like, I, Just like the I said, first thing. I don't like the first thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. But this is a stacked. Yes. But this also proves the point that how important. 
having a capable rushing of the passer, right? Rusher of the passer, how important that is to make defenses go around. Yep. So I'm hoping to get some respect from you with this pick for number seven for me. 20-year-old edge rusher from the San Francisco 49ers, Nick Bosa. So not a lot to talk about in 2020. He played five quarters of football before he tore his ACL against the Jets in week two. In those five quarters of football, he did force a fumble, and he had five QB pressures. So he's having a pressure a quarter, mm-hmm. right? And you add up all the quarters in a season, that those add up real quick. What you can't shake and what nobody can take away from this man is what he did as a rookie in 2019. Nine sacks, hit the quarterback 25 times. His 80 pressures were more, more than 10 to the next closest rookie ever since pressures was a stat being tracked since 2006. His 89.8 overall grade wasn't just best among rookies in 2019. It was the second best amongst all players, only behind TJ Watt. Another stat that comes up quite a bit from different experts is this concept of disruption rate. He had a 16.4% disruption rate in 2019. So on 16.5% of all plays, he's blowing it up. Now, another thing that's really important to call out here, Lou, I have my wife's approval to talk about Nick Bosa in my top 10 list. She is a huge Bosa fan. I wanted to wear her jersey. I bought her a Bosa jersey, by the way. I would have paid to see that. She would not it would have been let a belly me. shirt on you. No, no, no. It's, a, it's an adult male's jersey. Okay. She would not let me wear it because she said it's her jersey. So this is for her. Bosa. He's a one-time pro baller in his one full year of football. He was 2019 Defensive Rookie of the Year. And I don't think you can even... I'm just going to go ahead and assume he's probably even higher on your list than I have him, and I'm a fan. I'm going to have to make a lot of haters right now. When you think of the best pass rusher uh, rookie season, who do you think of? Is it Curse? Javon Curse, 14 and a half sacks. I almost think Alden Smith. Alden Smith, Smith 14 yeah. sacks. Dwight Freeney, 13 sacks. Nick, well, I I like Nick. Okay, I'm going to go on the record and say I like Nick Bosa. I think he will be better than his brother, Joey Bosa. And he had a phenomenal rookie year. That being said, I can name you right here 20 guys who had better rookie years as a pass rusher than Nick Bosa. But you're looking at just I get, I, a sack I number, get it. I get not the overall complexity. Do you, do you remember I, his I, interception against the Carolina Panthers, bro, what he did I athletically? Get it. He makes you feel all warm and gushy inside. He Damn but right he does. Brian Arakpo had more sacks. Uh, Peter Boulware, Charles Haley. Give me five dollars. You can tell me what college Brian Arakpo went to. Texas. All right. You get five bucks. Horns down, baby. All right. Oh, don't, <laughs> all right. Don't ever play the college game with me. All right. Yeah. All right. I just learned my lesson. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you right now, I just is he the future of a pass rusher? Yes. And like I said, do I think he'll probably be one of the top, top pass rushers in a couple of years? 100%. So what you're not saying, there. he's not in your top 10? I will have to wait and see. So who do you have at number six? At number six. Nick Bosa. <laughs> <laughs> at number six, okay. Uh, for me, it's mind-boggling how quiet, underrated my, my number six guy is. It feels like seemingly he goes unnoticed all the time. All he has done since he's entered the league back in 2012 
is lead the league in sacks. So as soon as he was a rookie, this guy, he led the league in sacks. Coming at number six is Chandler Jones. Jones has posted double-digit sacks in six of the nine of the nine years he's been in the league. During those nine years, he's managed to average 11 sacks a year, and that's including last year where he only had one sack due to a shortened season uh, to injury. But let's not forget Jones is just a year removed from finishing second in the NFL in sacks with 19. Shaq Barrett uh, won the had more of him that year, and was tied for first in uh, forced fumbles. You were talking before about how imperative causing fumbles is. It's a game changer. He had eight that year and finished in the top 10 for quarterback hits as well. Two years prior in 2017, Chandler Jones led the league in sacks with 17. Currently, he's third among active sacks leaders behind only Von Miller and J.J. Watt and ranked 42nd overall on the all-time sack list. I saw an interesting quote, an AFC defensive coach was quoted, he said, I still don't understand why New England, the Patriots let him go. His bend and hands and flexibility are still elite. Most guys his size, because he's 6'5", 265, aren't flexible. But he gets lower than you think, and most tackles can't handle that. And I don't think with a bicep injury that's going to change anytime soon. I'll be honest with you. I knew Chandler Jones was great, but I had to. Wa- I wanted to watch film and see what I thought was so great about him. I thought it was his crazy long arms that helped him stack and shed uh, offensive linemen. But it's his arms and his awareness that always goes through the strip sack. He's always looking for the ball. Even now, he's not even in position to make the sack. He still can get to the ball because his arms are insanely long. So that's my number six guy. Did I steal some thunder? My number six guy, Chandler Jones. Okay. Ah, so we're on, we're on the same page there, actually. So I'm just filling in gaps here because I knew I knew I knew looking in your face, yeah. you're like shit. <laughs> um, I'm, but I'm glad that he's getting his praise here at the very least, right? Because he's ever so deserving of, of this spot on on somebody's top ten list. But look at the pedigree too. Older brother Arthur Jones, yes. NFL player. Another brother. You might know his name, John Jones, arguably yep. considered the best pound-for-pound pound mixed martial arts fighter to ever live. So these three were beating the shit out of each other growing up. NFL tackles look like little punks compared to what he went through exactly. in, in the Jones household. Um, the only stat that I'll throw out, and you've started to allude to it, is 27 forced fumbles for his career. Yeah, Again, wreaking havoc when he gets to the passer. And it's a little bit different because he's always played that edge slash outside linebacker, depending upon... The scheme. Uh, yeah, the scheme. Where some D tackles, like their forced fumbles, get like inflated a little bit because a running back just like runs right into him and the ball might pop up and you got to attribute it to some to somebody. More often than not, when you see forced fumbles attributed to an edge player's name, mm-hmm. it's a strip sack. Like that's usually what what what's taking place. And to have 27 of those in a nine-year career, that's pretty, pretty impressive. It's so, just that where he plays. He doesn't get the duke for where he plays. If he played at a bigger market. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right, who got number five? For number five, and once again, I'm going to stay on this controversial uh, Nick Bosa train. Uh, TJ Watt. And you're probably thinking, wow, how the hell did Watt fall this far on your list? I'm kind of thinking that. Okay, I'm going to get to it. But if you want to go strictly off pass rushing production, it's easy to see why Watt should probably be earlier in this list. He's averaging 12 sacks a year since 2017. In 2020, Watt averaged one sack every 57 snaps, which ranked him second in the league. Staying in 2020, TJ Watt led the league in sacks with 15. 
tackles for losses with 23 and QB hits with 41. And over the last two years, he leads all edge defenders in sacks with 29 and a half. So you're once so why isn't Watt higher? Well, the next five pass rushers on my list were really hard to stack for me. So I had to really dig into the stats and analytics for these next five individuals. Brandon Thorne, who is an offensive line and defensive line analyst for a site called Establish the Run and Trench Warfare, uh, came up with a way to quantify and differentiate the quality of sacks and called it true sack rate. To quickly paraphrase, a rusher who gets a sack due to skill, moves, or athletic abilities gets higher points than those who get sacks due to coverage, cleanup sacks, or being unblocked because of missed alignments. Getting back to Watt, Watt had eight cleanup slash low quality sacks last year, which accounted greater for 50% of the total in 2020. And then I actually, once again, looked back into the highlights of 2020 in Watt and actually did notice a lot of uh, quote unquote easier sacks that he got for the mere fact that everyone else is so good on that defensive front. So it's not you can just narrow in on one guy. That is the reason why it's like for me, he. It's like the Ty Law. I never thought Ty Law was a great cornerback. I get it. He has the turnovers. But if you ever watch him get his interceptions, it's like as a deflections. It, it just, I just feel like he's a great player, but maybe a little overstated. A lot to be said for right place, right time. Football IQ. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. And luck favors the good. I, I, listen, I get it. So TJ Watt, number five. Okay. I know I, I'm going to get blasted. Uh, I disagree, um, but I'll save that for when that gentleman's time comes. So my number five overall is 26-year-old defensive end from the Los Angeles Chargers, Joey Bosa, Big Bear. Um, I still can't believe saying that out loud that he's only 26. I feel like he's been in the league for a while. I now. think he started when he was 20. Yeah, I mean, which is five, crazy. Five years in the league, right? So, actually, I don't even know if I think he just turned 20. Like literally, just yeah. turned 26. What I love about Joey Bosa's game is the stats, like the traditional pass rushing stat line that you look at sacks. They don't jump off the chart at you, right? Last year was seven and a half. For the previous three seasons, seven and a half, eleven and a half, five and a half. That five and a half due to injury. Um, I think he had like twelve and a half the year before, and I think his rookie year was something like ten or eleven. Ten and a half. Okay, it's better than his brother. <coughs> All right, here we go. In a weak division. Um, so that being said, but what? Hold I, on. No, no, no. At that, that time, at that time. Oh wow! So Nick Bosa's going up against the mighty offensive line of the Seahawks, and the no, mighty. Offensive... He's going up against the elusive Russell Wilson. Oh, stop it! And the statue of Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, come on! <laughs> I hear that. Keep on going. Some things that I can't shake when I think about Joey is 59 pressures in 2016 as a rookie. That's pretty impressive. His brother had 80, by the way. Just so we're. If we're comparing there, right? <laughs> but he also didn't even see the field until his fifth week of that of his rookie year. So if you do math and carry the doesn't one, doesn't matter. I only look at the pro- end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that sticks out is he's actually the only active edge rusher with a pass rush win rate higher than twenty percent since two thousand sixteen. He's actually at twenty two percent right now since entering into the league. I threw out a stat when ref- about his brother um, disruption rate. His, in 2020, was 17.6. Again, elite. A three-time pro baller. But what 
what I love about Joey, and this is where my eyeball comes in, right? And, I, and this is where the stat sheet gets thrown out the window, is when you watch him play, he's involved in every play. Like, even if he's not making the sack, even if he's not tackling the quarterback, um, the running back behind the line of scrimmage, he's blowing up two offensive linemen. Like, he's just, you have to account for him. He has a pretty significant move on the outside where he likes to pull and rip to get around that tackle. So, what he does is he he just kind of gets you might call it a swat other people will call it certain things but he gets that tackle two hand ch- uh, chop yeah the the tack he he basically gets the tackle to commit to com- flat footed to extend and then he just like literally you can watch him pull the wrist smack the back and go right around him and I think he does that better than anybody in the league and to me on statistics alone the sexy statistics the sacks. Joey Bosa doesn't belong in the top 10 in the league. But my eyes tell me he does much more for the pass rush than just the stats would say, i.e., look at success like Melvin Ingram had, right? When you're counting for some of these premier pass rushers, more often than not, you're allocating either two offensive linemen to them or an offensive lineman and a tight end or a fullback coming out, and that frees up other people to do their job as well. Yeah. For the first time, I think on this list, this list, I think we're in lockstep. I have Joey Bosa as my number four guy, and it's funny. My first uh, note down here says the stat sheet does not tell the dominance of Joey Bosa. Okay, so obviously, uh, me, you know, being a Chargers fan, I I watch Bosa with ever so much more of a critical eye than perhaps a lot of other people. I get it. He doesn't play for you know, a big market team. So I'm going to tell you what makes Bosa so good. He's cerebral. He literally goes out there every down on every Sunday with a premeditated and calculated plan of attack. He's by far the best technician in the NFL. Because Bosa is not overly athletic, he relies on a robust repertoire of pass rushing moves. And I challenge you to find anyone who has more moves than this guy. It is like a clinic. He can literally have a camp to teach all the moves. A swim move, the two-hand chop, the rip, the, d- the dip. Uh, he just uses his hands so well. Okay, so, so his, ha- well. his hands are always moving. Yeah. And he has almost as many counter moves as he does primary initial moves, too. And his hands... Are extremely powerful. Uh, Call him Big Bear for a reason. Exactly, exactly. And guess what? He's found success all, all all along the defensive line, from edge to defensive tackle, even outside linebacker. He can be moved anywhere. And you know who also agrees with me that Joey Bosa is pretty damn good? Former Kansas City Chiefs All Pro right tackle Mitchell Schwartz, who recently was quoted to say when uh, the top uh, edge rushers or yeah, I guess the edge rushers were coming out uh, list. He said Joey Bosa should be top three, if not one. Now, why is this significant? Mitchell Schwartz has faced guys like Von Miller, Khalil Mack, Melvin Ingram twice a year. And he decided Joey Bosa was the biggest pain of his ass. All right. If you still need more convincing, let's look at Joey Bosa's PFF pass wit, pass rush win rate. You basically were uh, kind of alluding to that. I'm going to explain what that is. Pass rush win rate is the ability for a pass rusher to be able to beat his blocker within two and a half seconds. The only player over the last two years with a higher overall pass rush win rate than Aaron Donald, who's the GOAT, against double teams is Joey Bosa. So, meaning Joey Bosa is getting double teamed 
tremendously, and he's still beating them. Lastly, he led all edge rushers in the league last year with 23.8% pass rush win rate, and that was when he had no help among his fellow defensive linemen. Melvin Ingram was out. He was banged up. He was a shell of himself. There was no one else on that defensive line. And people were like, oh, he's the king of the almost sacks. But guess what? His pressures last year were responsible for 26 incompletions. So. I mean, you made my point when you talk about like the, the amount of double teams he warrants because that just... It's only five offensive linemen, right? So it just frees up other people. And to me, that's a, a more clear statement of somebody's ability to get after the quarterback and wreak havoc on a play than a, a stat mm-hmm. like Sacks does. And again, to listeners, when you see those funny things on Twitter and Instagram where these players are training like they're getting stabbed by knives and they're moving their hands and blocking and whatnot. That's hand technique. That's all that is. Get be busy. The more your hands are moving, the more difficult you make it for an offensive lineman to put their hands on you, who are bigger, stronger people than most defensive linemen. They can't put their hands on you. They can't stop. His you. hands look like he looks like he's a ninja. Out there. They're just moving all yeah. the time. And, and listen, I mean, him and his brother are so eerily similar, right? Like they're coming from the same His brother is way more athletic than him, I'll say. And that's a knock on Joey. There's times when he doesn't have that uh, elite athleticism where if he's dipping or going underneath the pad levels of a tackle or, or doing a spin move, he will fall. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the same athleticism as Yeah. Him. Nick's got some pretty sick balance. Yep. So clearly he's not on your list because I can only imagine the next few are. But every time you pick from here on out, I'm going to say Nick Bosa okay. in your pick. All right. Number four on my list is 30 year old. And I feel like this individual should be younger than 30. But, uh, Edge slash, you know, defensive end slash outside linebacker, depending upon the defense for the Chicago Bears, Khalil Mack. Um, the reason why he's 30 but only played seven years in the league is you forget where he came from, right? Coming from Buffalo, had to, and the University of Buffalo, not the Buffalo Bills. Um, to get that type of exposure and be a top five pick in the NFL draft, you typically play for a little bit longer in college than you do yep. coming out. Um, last year, nine sacks, 13 QB hits, three forced fumbles. Over the last three years, nine and a half, eight and a half, 12 and a half sacks, 14 forced, forced fumbles over those last three years. Stacks, this is perplexing to me. I know what his skill set is, and I know his athletic ability and his power is honestly like unmatched, but. It's dipped since he's been in Chicago. And I don't know if that just means like, hey, Chicago has no other defensive threats. We're going to focus all of our efforts on him or whatever. Yeah, Chicago doesn't have as many defensive threats as Oakland did. (laughs) I know. I know. As I'm saying this out loud. 70 and a half sacks for his career, 23 fours fumbles. Again, wreaks havoc when he gets in the backfield. His career, like I said, started on fire in Oakland. Yes, he played for them when they were the Oakland Raiders, not the Las Vegas Raiders. We had 40 and a half sacks in four years. Slipped since going to Chicago. Again, I just said, I know the talent's still there, but has he become the focal point since that big blockbuster trade of every offensive game plan? Hey, we beat the Chicago Bears by eliminating Khalil Mack from their defensive scheme. Here's how I know he's still valuable. PFF War had Mack as the league's most valuable edge rusher in 2020. Translation, stats aren't there, but the pressure and the dominance absolutely still are. For his career, in every season, for seven seasons, he's averaged over an 85 um, 
again, PFF, PFF rating of over 85 for every single season. He was the 2016 Defensive Player of the Year. He is a six-time Pro Bowler. He's a three-time first-team All-Pro. I'm going to reference that stat prior or that I mentioned before about the PFF uh, war ranking having him the most valuable edge rusher. And what we were just talking about, Joey Bosa, he might not show up on the stat line, but he's showing up in backfields every single week. Exactly. Not all sacks are created equal. Yep. Uh, and I agree with you. I actually have Khalil Mack as my third. No, ranked. you, you got to let me. Uh, Nick Bosa. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it was between Nick Bosa and Khalil <laughs> Mack. Uh, but I have Khalil Mack as my uh, third ranked uh, pass rusher. And uh, Khalil, I'm not going to go over the same some of the stats you just did, but Khalil's averaged 10 sacks a year since coming to league uh, into the league seven years ago. So he has 70 and a half total sacks. Earlier, we talked about true sack score rankings when I was discussing TJ Watt. Well, Mac tied for six in true score uh, true sack score rankings in 2020. There is no weakness to his game. He's, he's great against the run. He's terrifying as a pass rusher. And hell. He even dropped into some zones to defend the pass. I don't have anything in particular in regards to him dropping back. Uh, I'd love to see how, how often he drops back in that defense into zone coverage uh, to take away for some perhaps pass rushing opportunities. Uh, a play that perfectly summarizes how dominant Khalil Mack is is the play last year against Tristan Wirfs. Just go on Google or YouTube or whatever. And see what Khalil Mack did against six foot five, three hundred twenty pound Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. Then, if you have time, go on YouTube or Google again and see what he's done to Taylor Decker. And tell me, this man isn't the perfect combination of size and speed. His ability is uncanny. Again, he just doesn't pop. The last few years, for whatever reason, he just doesn't pop out to you. I guarantee if you talk on to the stat sheet. I guarantee if you talk to offensive linemen, he's he's one of the worst ones they want. Talk to offensive coordinators, and he gives them fits and nightmares going into the week game plan, and that speaks to his his dominance, yep. right? And he's still relevant in mm-hmm. this league as a pass rusher. Who do you have at three? Number three, I have twenty five year old defensive end from the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett. So twenty twenty, he had twelve sacks. 18 quarterback hits, forced four fumbles for his career, which is four seasons, 42 and a half sacks, 83 QB hits, 10 forced fumbles. And keep in mind, 2019 was limited to 10 games because he was out there swinging helmets at QBs. If that was a stat, he'd be first on this list. Oh, that's just a new pass rushing move. <laughs> but that is not. That's called the dip and swing. A stat. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off a couple statements here, and then I I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about Miles Garrett because I'm sure you're about to in a minute here as well. He ranks in the 98th percentile in pass rushing grade on true pass sets, and pass. Uh, with a pass rush grade as well, one without play action. Again, a 15.7% disruption rate in 2020. Two-time All-Pro this past, excuse me, two-time Pro Bowler this past year, first-team All-Pro. So what's crazy is I knew the hype around Garrett when he was coming out. Like he balled out in college, no doubt. But to me, like in the first few years, I was like, all right, he's getting on the stat sheet, but he's not wrecking games. He's not changing the complexion of the game. Like he's just getting sacks. And there didn't seem to be like opportune times or opportune moments, um, you know, big play situations. So, so Lou, re- really, there was like, without doing my research, he might not even have made it on my list. The only reason why he would have been on my list was the hype. But when I went back and watched some tape this year specifically, this man put it all together. 
He did a lot for that football team. Um, and absolutely deserving of his first team all pro nomination this year, even with 12 sacks, right? When you think of like a first team all pro defensive end, you're thinking like 16 plus sacks. But he was super disruptive, involved in every play, was in the quarterback's face all the time. Also, even he, missed two ga- he missed two games, yep. by the way, because of COVID. Yeah. So, um, so maybe he could have had 14 to 15. Not that Miles Garrett gives a shit, but his tape this year sold me that he's an elite pass rusher in this league yeah. and he's in the prime of his career. Yep. Number two. Uh, coming in. Nick Bosa. Yes. Don't, no teasers, please. No, <laughs> no, no, uh, no teasers. Coming in second, winning the silver for the Cleveland Browns is Miles Garrett for me. Uh, Garrett is a genetic freak, and I mean that in the best way possible, just in case you know he hears this. I'm not calling him a freak. He's arguably one of the most athletic players in the NFL today. During his four-year career, he's nearly averaged one sack per game, as he's played 51 games and has accrued 42 sacks. So he's close to one sack per game. He has a 91.9 pass rushing grade since 2018, which ranks him first amongst edge defenders. And we mentioned Brandon uh, Thorne earlier in the show. And according to him, Miles Garrett produced 12 high-quality sacks in 2020. The next closest pass rusher was four off. So what is a high-quality sack? It's a one-on-one win over an above-average blocker due to the pass rusher's skill, moves, and or athletic ability. Garrett finished in the number one spot in sack score rankings and finished the season comfortably ahead of his peers with a sack score of 15.25. The next guy had 11.25. And he finished with 12 sacks, all high-quality, by the way, and four forced fumbles. Uh, He is also the youngest player on that that list as well. Lastly, Garrett averages one high-quality sack for every 58.2 snaps he, he uh, plays. So he's not just falling into sacks or cleaning up sacks. You're seeing like... Uh, he's creating. Yeah, he's creating. he is creating the sacks. That's what differentiates, differentiates him and TJ Watt, where perhaps Cameron Hayward is uh, blowing up one side of the offensive line and the quarterback is retreating to the arms of Watt. Or whatever. This is where it's different. It's Miles Garrett is the one that's creating the sacks. So you yeah. number two. Number two. I just mentioned him probably. Yes, you did. Is 27-year-old <laughs> outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, TJ Watt. Lou, call me old-fashioned, call me whatever it is. I just love the traditional stand-up Lawrence Taylor type get after the quarterback. I'm not comparing TJ Watt to Lawrence Taylor. Two totally different games, but like he invented this, right? Like I'm standing up, you know I'm coming after you. It's third and long. Block me. Yeah. Do something about it. And nobody is yet to do much about it. You rattle off a lot of stats, so I'll give you, um, again, 15 sacks last year, 49 and a half for his career over four seasons, 17 forced fumbles. Um, you talked about how he led all edge defenders in sacks with 29 and a half um, and 46 QB hits since 2019, just behind Shaquille Barrett, who really arguably that was all done in one year, mm-hmm. a phenomenal year. Hence why he's not on my my list, in my top 10 at least. Last two years turned into PFF grades of 91.3 and 91.6 in those two seasons. To me, he's a legit candidate every single year for defensive player of the year and one of the premier edge rushers in the NFL. Like I said, no secret, he's a nine technique. You know he is coming. 
and he's daring you to block him, and he uses his athletic ability to get to the quarterback mm-hmm. and does it well. I, you know, it's I in his blood. Yeah, I, it's a hundred percent in his blood. Except I don't know what happened to Derek. Poor guy. He, I lost he's playing great full, special teams. He's been playing fullback. You know, great like, special teams. Imagine being at like on those subway commercials and in the in those family gatherings where everybody's like, oh, and that's our other son, Derek. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't, they're not eating no subway. Trust me. No, God no. That's like Tom Brady when he's in the subway commercials yeah. and he's vegan on the TB12 diet. Yeah. Like he ain't going to no subway. Um, and if he is, he sure as shit ain't walking in there by himself. He's sending somebody on his behalf but no secret in four years he's a three-time pro bowler and he's a two-time first team all pro but again why is he two on my list and not four or five is because i like that stand up outside linebacker get after the quarterback listen i get it like people are probably going to crucify me for having him you know where i do these guys were so close it's not an insult to him for being where i ranked him it's just that i've your preference. Yeah, it's just, yes, exactly. All right, so number one, I think we say just, it with me together, Nick, Nick Bosa. <laughs> now, uh, Aaron Donald. Yes. Uh, he's by far, sounds like, I can't, I can't speak for yourself, but I'll speak for me. I think he's the, by far the consensus number one pass rusher. And that's why I said pass rushers, because I wanted to give this guy some, uh, some his due. I'm not going to go over stats. I'm just going to go over his awards because his awards are read like stats. Seven-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro. By the way, 2015 to 2020, it's five years in a row. 2014 Defensive Rookie of the Year. 2017, 2018, and 2020 Defensive Player of the Year. Led the league in sacks in 2018 with 20 and a half, which was a record for most sacks by a defensive tackle. Six-time top 100 player listed vo- list voted by his peers. In 2015, he was 92. 2016, he was number 14. In 2017, he was number 15. 2018, he was number 7. 2019, he was number 1. 2020, he's number 3. So basically, his peers are saying, hey, this guy's kind of good. PFF number one ranked player for five years in a row in counting. And most importantly, the biggest award and differentiator than of uh, any of these guys on this list He's a five-time Madden 99 club member. Wow. I know. I got other stats, too, but I want to say... Wow. You know Save me a little I'm, meat. I'm going to say... I just did the awards. Okay. So, uh, go ahead. Share with me. So, I'm going to lead in with this. And I'm going to f- officially say Aaron Donald is my number one pass rusher in the NFL as unofficially well. Unofficially official. Yes. Unofficially officially. There's no other way to put this. There is Aaron Donald, and there's legit everybody else. To me, it's not in the NFL forever. In my opinion, I think he's the best at his position. At his position, hundred percent, right? So when we start talking about the NFL's all-time elite pass rushers, keep in mind this wasn't even a stat until what eighty-two, eighty-three, mm-hmm. something like that. So there's guys in the seventies like Deacon Jones and like those guys who probably were having thirty sacks a year the way the game was played. But since the stat has been officially tracked. Unquestionably, at his position, he's the most elite. Like, yeah, but he Deacon is played in weak division. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I don't even know if the 49ers and the Rams were in the same division at that time. Um, that being said, um, he gets pressure from everywhere. So this is a stat that I was hoping you didn't have. I was gonna wait. I wanted to wait. So listen to this breakdown, Lou. Over his 13 and a half sacks, I'm rounding up to 14, right? Um, sacks last year. Six of those sacks came from the three technique. Two of those sacks came from the four eye. So that's inside, right? That's tackle and guard, double team situations. 
Two of those sacks came from the four technique, lining straight up over the tackle. One of those sacks came from the five technique, so lining up outside the tackle. And three sacks came from the seven technique. I just talked about three different defensive alignments that this man plays and gap responsibilities. And I assure you, he's stopping the run from all angles, too, and we're not even talking about that. Those are all different pass rush moves in those different techniques. This man is a little bowling ball, a very big bowling ball, but he is a bowling ball. And the knock on him always was height. Yeah. And he still swims over. Because he's so quick. Oh my, dude, his first step is, I would put his first step against any player in the league at any position, how quick he gets out of that first step. He is that good. And when we were making this list, I just went ahead right away, that's typed in Aaron Donald number one, and, and I worked, worked backwards from a, there. That's exactly what I did. Um, I'd like to chime in with some stats, maybe okay. to kind of blow your mind. Did you have those technique stats? I did not. Nice. This, I'm a, look at you stepping up your game. Uh, Donald led the league in total pressures last season with 98, the third time in four seasons he has done so, by the way. He's the only full-time interior defender to have ever led the league in pressure since J.J. Watt whom, by the way, played more snaps on the edge than uh, the interior in the two seasons that he led the league in pressure. So, J.J. was more as a hybrid, but he led it as a more of an interior defensive lineman. He has 152 more total pressures than any other interior defensive lineman. Aaron Donald leads both Von Miller and Khalil Mack in pressures and pressure rate over his entire career. And those are some heavy hitters. When Donald's left one-on-one, he has observed pass rush win rate of 35.2% more than 6% points better than the next best rusher. So he's going to win more than a third of the time if you leave him one-on-one. So you cannot put, you cannot single this guy. And his biggest perceived weakness, you heard a couple years ago, is him in the running game. But according to a PFF, he has been the best graded interior lineman against the run over the last three seasons. So that's just people trying to throw salt on his game, bro. Yeah, he's... So, real quick, because we only have a couple minutes. Yep. I'm dying to know. Where is Nick Bosa on your list? Yeah, let's scroll all the way down. Right. All the way down? Yeah. He, he had a really good year of nine sacks. His brother had ten and a half and five less games. I mean, I get it. You have a hard-on for him, but, bro, relax. Do you know who else was on that defensive line, by the way, that Nick Bosa was playing on? Who was on the Chargers defensive line, bro? Who? Can't, uh, Meebane. <laughs> Cameron Meebane, yeah. Uh, okay, so I have him. Okay. 14. Okay. Not respectable, but okay. I have, I have uh, Lawrence ahead of him. I have, I have Chris Jones and Buckner. So I have Chase Young at 11. I have Von Miller at 12. I have Justin Houston at 13. Oh. I have JPP at 14. Then I have Shaq Bauer, Carl Lawson, Ngakwe. I actually have Jamal Adams up here as well. Yeah, he can't cover. So it doesn't matter. We're talking about <laughs> no, we're talking about pass, pass rushers, rushers, and he does it pretty well from the safety position. Yeah. So I, I think we have time for one this one stat that I wanted to throw at you. Go do it. Um, over the last four years, there have only been five players with eight or more sacks per season. Uh, over the last how many years? Four. How many of those do you think you can name? 
Okay, hold on one second. Can I use some? Can I use my list here? Yeah, but you gotta make it quick because it's no fun if you don't do it. That okay, so what was it again? Over the last four years, only five players have had eight or more sacks each year. Over the last four years. Okay, I'm gonna say it has to be Donald. Yes. It's gonna have to be uh, Garrett. No. Oh, okay. All right. How many strikes? I got three strikes, right? Three strikes. Mac. Yeah. Just working my way from the top to the bottom. Uh, Watt. No. What? What? He has eight of oh, four years. Yeah. Oh, that's why this is so hard. Oof. I I can't. I, All right. So you have yeah. Aaron Donald and you have Mac. Khalil Mack so far. There's three more. Oh, Miller. No. Damn. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't know. So Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, Justin Houston, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Yannick Ngakwe. Why am I ending with this? Is it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. This list is going to have ebbs and flows from year over year. It's really hard. It goes back to the Reggie White stat. It's really, really hard to lead the league in sacks consecutive years. That's why it hasn't been done in 33 years since Reggie White last did it. Well, and that's why people might be a little turned off by how analytical I was during this session. But... Would you ever consider Yannick Agakwe or Justin no. Houston in the top 10? No. So Justin Houston was really close for me. Maybe and this is one years. of those stats that said, wow, model of consistency. But also the strike against him is like, he feels like he's 45, even though he's like 33. He's, yeah. Feels like he's been in the league forever. So that's why not all sacks are created equal. Yep. So awesome. I actually, I think this was my favorite top 10. At least putting I together, I, I was the most stressed. The end. I wanted to yeah. save it to the end. I think we'll have a good one next go around because we're going to be working with defensive backs, right? Uh, so that's inclusive those, of corners. That's inclusive of safeties. Those prima donnas. Um, I'm willing to bet that like we might have three of the same people uh, on, in our top 10 and we'll have, like, Yo, we're you might be safety. safeties too? Yeah, safeties. Defensive backs. Oh shit. That's yeah, so you're going to have to dig deep. We might need a little while to put that together. Yeah. But nonetheless, a lot of fun talking about it. Uh, as always, a big shout out to to Ming for letting us in this evening. Big shout out to a Shared Universe podcast studio for letting us sit in our, our regular chairs here. Um, Lou, and, I'm, and as I'm, always, you follow us, we guys. We need more followers at WTF Pod NFL. All you got to do is click it. Come on. Blow up social media. Put us out there. Put us on blast if you don't like our list. We're, we're here for it. We'll address it. I'll fight you all day long. <laughs> I just I fought, I had a fight with Lenny Dykstra on, on uh, uh, Twitter. I got to show you that. I'll fight anyone on my list all day long. I'm a lover. I'm Let's go. I'm, no, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> all right, Lou. Appreciate you. I'll see you soon, brother. Uh-huh. <laughs>